This is episode 34 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Thanks for joining us for another episode, friends. We are in the middle of a series on love for the month of February, and I hope that you've caught some of the essays that have gone up on the Kindred Mom blog. Each one has been insightful and beautifully written, so please check them out. I'll link in the show notes to the series homepage, which I'll be updating soon with all the relevant links we've shared this month, so those of you who find this podcast and the series in the future can find a handy list of the inspiring essays and podcasts that we have done this month on loving our husbands and families well. Today we have a show for you about setting limits and boundaries and how that helps us love our children well. I hope that these are fruitful conversations for you, even though this idea is a little bit of an abstract one. In the first segment, I talk with Lynn Patty and Jennifer Van Winkle about setting limits in our homes. And segment two is with Sarah Allard and our wonderful guest, writer and producer of the Friending podcast, Noelle Rhodes. Noelle is awesome and it was such a treat to have her on the show. The things we talk about in both halves of the show are really practical and I hope you find them encouraging as you navigate the challenges and joys of your own motherhood journey. I'm glad to be back for the final episode we have planned as part of the love series we've been doing for the month of February on Kindred Mom. Earlier this month, we had episodes on loving well as a mom and loving well as a wife. And this episode is about loving well by setting limits, a conversation about helping our families flourish by establishing healthy boundaries. And I have with me Jennifer Van Winkle and Lynn Patty. As we dive in today, I just wanted to welcome Lynn back and mention that she recently had a baby. Yay! (laughs) Yes, how are you doing? I'm good. I just, I feel like uh, he's going to be two weeks tomorrow and maybe today I felt a little bit normal. So that's good. (laughs) Well, we're so glad to have you and Jenny, I'd love for you to say hello. Hi, it's nice to be here. And um, I'm excited to open this conversation partly because I think it's a topic that is a little bit outside of the obvious for this series. And it might seem a little counterintuitive to talk about setting limits and how doing so is part of loving our kids well. But I do think it's an important part of the conversation, especially for moms with younger kids who are right in the middle of the challenges and chaos and reality of how we build connection with our kids and how we help them sort out things in the world and, um, I just think that the things that we do in our homes in these little years really set the foundation for their lives. And so, ladies, I'd love to begin by talking about what it looks like in our homes to set limits, which I'm going to start off by saying I think really has a lot more to do with making things predictable and, you know, routines in our homes. Mm -hmm. And so, Jenny, I'd love to know what you think about setting limits. What are the limits we set with our kids for their benefit? Well, there are obvious ones like the certain times of the day that things need to occur, like getting ready for the day. We Mm -hmm. brush our teeth. uh, We have breakfast. We brush our teeth. We put our clothes on. We have a lunchtime and a bedtime and time to clean up. And we also try to help our kids with what is acceptable behavior, how you treat each other in your family and and how you treat people outside of your family. Another thing that we help our kids with is with their independence and they're wanting to learn how Mm -hmm. to dress themselves and do things for themselves. One mom that I know had a great story of her preschool age child going to dress himself. Mm -hmm. And he comes out, it's the middle of winter and he comes out with a pair of shorts and like a tank top. (laughs) And it's middle, middle of winter, snow on the ground. And she just, instead of like saying, turn around and go back and put something else on, she She's just like, that's a great outfit, buddy. Why don't you go step out on the porch and get some fresh air? And so he just goes running off to the back porch and gets some fresh air and comes back in and he says, it's cold. I think I'm going to put on some pants and stuff. And she's like, right on. So I just love that example is of just giving them the opportunity to understand what's appropriate and, and not squash them in the process. Yeah, I definitely think that boundaries and limits are something something that 
at least in my mind, a lot of times I just immediately jump to the negative things like setting boundaries as a way of fixing bad behavior and that kind of thing. And in the context of this conversation, I really actually want to look at it from a little bit bigger perspective than that and just see that the routines and the limits that we set have a lot to do with really just setting our kids up for success and helping them learn how to discern what might be a good choice or not a good choice and that it's not always about behavior modification or discipline. And um, Lynn, you have a house full of kids. So I'd love to know from you um, what it looks like in your house. Are your kids testing your boundaries all the time or how are you managing? Oh, yes, all the time. Um, I think, you know, as I've observed my kids growing up, my oldest is 10 now and I have a seven and a five and an 18 month old and now the newborn. I've seen them really thrive when they know what's expected of them. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's what you're talking about in terms of setting boundaries. And when they know what's expected of them, everybody succeeds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes like we have a homeschooling family. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think people look at a homeschooling family like, well, you guys don't really have to worry about routines or structure because it's just, you know, you know, you just do whatever. And I will say, I have to be careful not to fall into that trap. However, I find that we have a lot of structure in our home and that that is what makes us succeed. So, you know, that looks like by eight o'clock, people need to be getting upstairs and, you know, getting dressed for the day and having breakfast and like doing all those things. And then, yeah, in terms of kind of other areas, they are always testing boundaries. And I find that that they desire mm-hmm. boundaries that they desire for me to, or for my husband to put the fence up and say, nobody's crossing this line right here. Mommy and daddy are making a stand here. And then it just becomes the thing. It's like, oh, well, that's just, we right. don't do that. I find that things go better when that boundary is set. Right. And honestly, when we don't set the boundary is when things really right. fall apart. Because then it's like, well, can we watch YouTube for two hours when it's iPad time? Because you didn't say we could. I definitely think that it is up to us to do that. And that's one thing that for me as a younger mom really was something that I struggled with. I came into motherhood without a lot of experience with kids and I couldn't figure out how to get my first child to follow my directions. It was really frustrating to figure out, okay, what does she need from me? And how do I help her through all of the daily things that we need to do? And it took a lot of trial and error for me to realize that kids are really capable. And if we believe in them and communicate with them and show them, this is what we do every morning, or this is how we handle this situation, or this is a proper response to this kind of a challenge or that kind of a correction, that they do respond to that if we're consistent, if we're gentle, if we are also building the relational connection and trust with them and not just being yes. authoritarian. I think this can quickly become a disciplinary conversation where it's just, these are all the rules and everybody's got to follow the rules, but it's way more than that. It's about recognizing the leadership that we have in our homes. And I don't know about you, but if I have a leader over me that just seems like they're mad at me all the time, I'm Mm kind of like, I don't want to follow those rules. I don't want to put myself Uh in a position where I'm feeling unsuccessful all the time. And I think our kids are the same way where there has to be some sense of this is how we can succeed. And that they know if they are meeting those expectations that we put out for them, even from a really young age, I just think it's good to remember that they're capable of that. You know, some of us have had multiple children. I think we've been in perpetual transition for years and transitions are hard. Transitions mean that some of these routines mm-hmm. and things that we do set up are thrown to the wayside for a time, like when you have a new baby and <laughs> things like that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yes. Also, to go along with kids are capable, I just wanted to say that They're also willing to learn and they want to please and they want to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think that testing boundaries for them as frustrating as that can be for a parent to have Mm -hmm. a child pushing boundaries. It's just natural when you start thinking about this person whose brain came online not that long ago. And Mm -hmm. I like to think of them as, you know, like if you were a person in a dark room 
trying to figure out which way is out or which where, mm-hmm. where anything is and you can't see. Yeah. You're just trying to feel your way through and you're trying to know what your world is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just think that understanding that they are people that are learning every day yeah. and they are interested in pleasing because they do want to fit in with their family. They want to belong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the motivating factor for pushing the boundaries, not necessarily to make you insane. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and I think it's good that kids test boundaries for the very reason that it shows that they're curious. It shows that they care because if a child does not care and they're not pushing boundaries, I'm kind of looking to see is something up with this kid? Are they sick? Are they mm-hmm. not because I like being challenged, but I do think that, you know, within a family system, especially when there are multiple siblings involved, like there's so many interactions that happen in a day and everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what am I responsible for today and what's in my space and what's someone else's space and how do we all relate to each other? And that's an everyday experience that needs some oversight, needs some uh, really connected, invested parental Mm -hmm. (laughs) guidance um, in the process. And I just find that there are some days that I feel prepared for that. And then there are days that I don't want to deal with it, (laughs) if I'm really honest. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why we started out this year talking about self-care as moms, because if we're so depleted that we just don't want to deal with some of the leadership concerns and issues in our homes on a daily basis, which can be very understandable. It's um, it's not something that I have any judgment about, but I just started investigating that for myself, seeing why is it that some days I feel ready for this task and some days I don't. And um, I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts about just how to prepare your own heart for a successful day with your kids, knowing that there will be challenges and there will be things to work through with them. So I'm thinking, Emily, you know, a lot of times you really helped me just personally in our friendship. You've helped me really focus in on relationship Mm -hmm. with my children over Mm -hmm. discipline, over other things. And that's where this conversation, I think, is really hitting me right now, is that by setting boundaries, that is a relational Mm -hmm. dynamic. So when you're talking about preparing my heart for my children in a day, I think I really like this idea of saying, okay, what limits can I set that will be positive toward our relationship? You know, that is like hitting me really hard right now. So, so many of the interactions that I have with my kids, especially right now in this season we're in is just very like, we have to do this. Come on, let's just get through this. Let's just get it done, whatever. So that's what that's, I'm like, over here, like, wow, this is amazing. This is relationship. Yeah, well, and survival mode is a real thing. And there are some days that we just can't get around that. Things need to be done and you just have to get in business mode and get stuff done. But I just think as a general way of being in our homes that there is a preparation or there is some foresight that can go into the kind of environment we want to have and the kind of day that we'd like to have with our kids. And they don't always cooperate. That's part of the struggle is that they're independent, thinking, feeling, curious (laughs) creatures who just, they have their own mind about what's going to happen. And I think as as a newer mom, I really struggled with accepting the fact that my kids were not just going to obey my commands mm-hmm. like robots. Like I thought obedience was going to be immediate and there was going to be no challenge to yeah. my instructions. And that is something that you learn real quick. It's not exactly how it will go for most children. And how do I conduct business in especially a household full of six kids at this point, I tell other moms often when they ask me about how do you do it? And I just say containment is the thing. (laughs) Containment is, you know, I, I really try to, we have a two level house and I try to have everybody on the same level at at all times, really. There are times that that doesn't happen. But for the most part, I want them to be on the same floor of the house with me so I can hear what's going on. I know what they're working on or what they're playing with or who they're squabbling with. And 
just having a pulse on where everyone's at requires some proximity. And so what this looks like at this particular juncture, we have an almost two-year-old who is very busy and very curious and very into everything. And we've had to gate off part of our house so that he has a limited range of exploration (laughs) to do. I can pretty much see him at all times. Uh, Otherwise, we have had a number of fun stories that will be told one day. (laughs) Jenny, I'd love to know from you, um, because I know you have a teaching background on top of your parenting experience, why you think it might be important to enforce the boundaries that we set. Well, like Lynn said earlier, she was talking about fences, and I think it's really important to show kids where the fences are because it's just natural for a person to know what's acceptable and what's what's not. And our children are little mm-hmm. people and we need to respect them as people. And when we show them where the fences are and what's appropriate and we are consistent with reminding them of where those things are, then we are helping to give them reassurance and know that they are in a peaceful place something that is predictable, something Mm -hmm. that they understand the permanence of things because Mm -hmm. it is repeated to them over and over. And as a parent, it can be Uh. so frustrating because we're just, did you not understand what I said just, just a minute ago? And while it's probably a good idea to ask them to repeat back to you what's expected just so that they can kind of let that sink in, Repetition is so important. Mm -hmm. Repetition is is the key. Yeah, and I love what you said to me. Um, We were talking about this previously and just how remembering that our kids don't have the same mind that we have. Like we are logical, adult-minded people who there are some things that are really obvious to me that you should just do or just not do, but it's not as obvious to my kids. And my impatience doesn't really help them learn what is good for them. And I, I just think this conversation is also good to consider that we're trying to help our kids learn how to discern for themselves when a choice is good or when it's not good and how to exercise some amount of self-control. Um, I'd love to talk about, um, how we help kids practice not having everything (laughs) the minute they want it. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I actually was on a playground when my oldest child was really little and there was a parent there who was talking to me about their child who's going down the slide along with mine and the whole deal. And she was very smug with me saying, oh, we have, we never say no to our child. And I was thinking to myself, what? <laughs> you never say no to your child. And how is that child going to be able to navigate challenges and things that are not easy for them in the future. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think about how we teach our kids about patience or having to wait a turn or that sometimes the answer is no to things that they want? I'll tell you, it comes pretty naturally when you have a lot of kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just literally, I mm-hmm. cannot meet everyone's need at the same time. I just can't. Yeah. And um, I think Emily, you said something before about people asking you, how do you do it all? Mm-hmm. And my, my new answer to that is that I don't do it all. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. My older two have really learned, like, they're probably not going to be able to get exactly what they want. And they will ask me in very specific ways about things like, mommy, do you think that after we do our chores and school and maybe after you're done nursing the baby, that maybe we could, you know, I mean, they know, like, this is not a done deal. She will not just say yes at my every whim. So I'd like to talk about what it looks like when we aren't setting appropriate limits in our home and the chaos and the frustration that comes from that. What does that look like at your house? When I'm not setting appropriate limits, I'm I'm angry. My kids are their tempers are very close to the surface. They're very Everything is like yep. this atom bomb that's about ready to go off any at any moment. And everyone's on edge and nothing goes well. It's it's chaos. It's really terrible. I feel like there's a switch of power or power may, may not be the right word, but there's a switch of authority where if I'm not setting the appropriate boundaries as a leader, as a mom, then the kids 
have to take on some sort of leadership role that they're not mm-hmm. ready for. And that is frustrating because they don't have the tools necessarily to do that. You see, or I see it in my older daughter when she tries to mother the younger ones and they're like, uh, no, <laughs> you are not you mom. <laughs> this is an, this is a twist of power, you know, like yeah. this isn't the way it's supposed to be. So yeah, I think that that is frustrating. Yeah. And I do think like we were talking about a little bit ago that there is a relational component to this that really can't be missed because you can have anybody set rules, but there's something about the way that we connect with our kids and communicate with them and even more than what we're saying to them, but also drawing out their emotional intelligence by teaching them how to communicate Mm -hmm. about their own needs and the things that are and aren't working for them. I just think creating a safe space where everybody is free to share their feelings. I really love when I see parents who they are sitting by a a preschooler who's, you know, totally lost their temper. And they say, I understand that you feel angry instead of just saying, stop Mm -hmm. doing that, (laughs) you know, like Uh just Uh setting down the emotions, but acknowledging the emotions and then directing them to a more positive response, I think is just really beautiful when we see parents who are that patient and connected to their child. And yes, I just feel like over the years, my heart is drawn closer to my kids. I used to really expect and want them to just just obey, just obey what I said. That's it. And at this point, I do care that they obey because that's important for safety in life. But I also, I care that they understand why I've asked them to do or not do something. And I also uh, want them to be able to verbalize their feelings or be able to talk about if they're frustrated, why they're frustrated. And so... In my mind, you know, setting limits is really about connection. It's about being able to guard the space, guard our calendars from not being over full to guarding our spaces. I know, Jenny, you're really great at just curating your home space to be peaceful for your family. I come over Mm -hmm. to be in a peaceful (laughs) space (laughs) because as peaceful in that respect. Limits, I just, I feel like there's some parents that struggle with setting limits because they don't want to disappoint their child. They don't want to, it also takes a lot of energy and effort to make the decisions about what are we simplifying or what are we setting as boundaries. But it's just such a worthwhile way to spend our energy because It provides something to our families that wouldn't otherwise be there, that space, that contentment, that relational connection. And any thoughts, you guys? Yeah, I was just going to say, let's not forget, too, that as we're in our home, as we're teaching our children the idea of boundaries and limits, whatever, that we as adults also need to be walking the walk, right? And I know that in my grown-up years, I've been trying to get better at this because I really wasn't good at it early on. And so, you know, looking at relationships that my children have with other people and with each other and just how do you say this without hurting and yet express your true feelings and stuff like that. Man, it's just, I, I need to learn yeah, this too. You, know? you, keep, you keep learning your whole life long. You know, I think that's yes. also a great thing to demonstrate is that once you learn something, It doesn't mean that you stop learning it or that you stop practicing. You keep using these skills your whole life long. And that's really important to know that not only are your kids' needs being met when you slow down to set up parameters and enforce them, but your needs are being met and the peacefulness of a home can flourish when there are boundaries in place. Yeah. Well, and it's just seeing families whose lives are in complete disarray, disorder, dysfunction, chaos, frustration. There's just a lot of fallout from that that we don't always see. Mm-hmm. I want moms to know that even though it's hard to be consistent, even though it's hard to invest ourselves in this work of building the connection with our kids and really making clear to them what is their responsibility and what's expected of them. And we're also being clear about what they can expect from us when we're consistent about those things that it's such a worthwhile investment and it is loving to set limits for our kids. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not about being punitive or 
you know, maintaining this like iron fist of control, that it really is about just tending the the family unit, the space, our homes, our relationships, so that everyone can flourish and be well in that. Yeah, and you're not depriving someone when you say no to them. And I think that's important to remember that it's not depriving to have to wait. Well, if anything, it's just helping kids begin to discern for themselves how to make wise choices that not everything needs to be mm-hmm. immediate, that not everything needs to be just my way all the time. And it's helping them to see sometimes it's good to wait or sometimes it's better to choose what's healthy, even if it's not what's yummy mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sort of thing. It's, it's reinforcing values that we want them to carry as they grow. And if we start that when they're young, then I think it's, I mean, that's one thing I wanted to mention is that if you start when a child is 10 years old with setting limits and boundaries, you're going to have some major rebellion because they're going to be like, where did this come from? (laughs) You know, what are these rules and why can't I decide for myself what Mm -hmm. I want? But if you start when they're two, three, four with helping them see it's okay to wait sometimes, it's okay to give someone a turn, that these small forays into setting limits and boundaries, I think it also helps them build confidence as they overcome small challenges. And I just think it's a really worthwhile long-term investment in our kids' lives to take the time to do that. I agree. It's good work. Well, are there any thoughts you want to leave mamas with as they consider this conversation going forward? I just really love this idea of waking up in the morning and saying, my relationship with my kids is what matters mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. How can I foster that relationship moving forward in just today or even just this morning? Because let's face it, sometimes kids can be really hard. Mm-hmm. So you just could pick a little section of the day and just say, you know, I really feel like I had a fallout with my second born yesterday. And I just really need to focus in on letting him know that I mm-hmm. see him, that I love him um, because relationship is the most important. And to focus on like small, meaningful goals that are achievable and to celebrate those achievements and be able to build on the success of having successful interactions with your kids. That goes a long way in your own self-worth as a parent and not doubting yourself so much. I think it's really great to think of the ways that we can praise our children. And I know that some people overdo it with a trophy for everyone, a ribbon for everyone, that kind of thing. But really, I mean, when you think of who else has a daily face-to-face influence with your child. If they go to public school, then they have a teacher. If they go to daycare, then they have some other people. But really, it's primarily us. If we are home Mm -hmm. with our kids, if we're the ones that are home with them in the evenings, if you work. And I just want the majority of my interactions with my kids to be positive. I'm not always good at that. I struggle with this as much as the next person. But as I think of any challenge that we encounter, if there's something I can do on the front end of that to help them be successful by reinforcing the positive things that they've done and to be gentle in my correction, I think that goes a long way to building our relationship over time. And it also, I think it's just a much more effective way to get the results that we want from our kids that the disciplinary route, sometimes it's necessary and there are some behaviors that can't be overlooked. But I think a lot of the time, the severity of our response to something that can be overall pretty minor is just not the best route. And so I'm I'm always searching for new ideas and new ways to help foster that connection and grow understanding between my kids and myself. And that's one of the reasons why I find mm-hmm. this is a really good conversation because setting limits is a little counterintuitive. Some people want to just make their kids happy and give them this and give them that. And sure, you can have five different kinds of sugar by the time (laughs) you get to dinner time. And then they wonder why things are not going so well after that. And um, if we can remember that setting limits is a loving thing to do, especially if we do that in a gentle manner that our homes are better for it. Our families are healthier. Well, thanks, ladies. It was really nice chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sam. It was great.
On the last segment, we talked about personal boundaries and boundaries within our home with our kids. And with this next guest, Noelle Rhodes, we're going to be talking about boundaries with friends and family and some of the things that go into cultivating healthy friendships. So I have fellow Kindred Mom team member Sarah Allard here with me, and we are excited to welcome Noelle Rhodes. Noelle, how are you? I am awesome. And I love Kindred Mom. Huge fan. You know that. I do know that because you have so generously written in and sent us essay after essay that are full of humor and practical wisdom. And we are just so grateful for the presence that you have on the Kindred Mom blog. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. So I would love for you to begin by just telling us a bit about who you are and your family, as well as your awesome podcast, The Friending Podcast, which um, I would hope that people will check out after they hear this interview? Sure. Well, I'm Noelle Rhodes and I was born and raised in New Jersey, which is where I currently live. And I absolutely love being from New Jersey. But before we moved back here to the States, about two years ago, we lived in Northern Ireland as missionaries. I am married uh, for 15 years. Mm -hmm. We got married very, very young um, because don't you think I'm really old, but uh, we have two kids. Olive and Silas, and they are really, really fun. One of my children has an auditory impairment. So that's kind of an, a thing that we've had to navigate as a family being parents of a child with special needs, but it's been mm-hmm. a really joyful experience for us. Hard at times, but very joyful. And in the midst of that, I sort of had to learn that in order for me to be a good mom to my kids and and probably even particularly to my kid with special needs, I really needed a support system around me. And that kind of has really fed into my own search for understanding healthy friendships, how to cultivate healthy friendships and how to, how to even navigate through loneliness. So mm-hmm. that's where the Friending Podcast comes from. I have a podcast show that I produce and host called Friending Podcast, and it's a weekly show that discusses all aspects of modern day friendship. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, Noelle, uh, I wanted to point out that Emily was on your podcast on episode 36, How to Find Your Mom Squad. And we'd love to hear from you just a little bit more about how you found your mom squad and what that looked like when your kids were younger and what that looks like today. Well, I have to say that when I first became a mother, I thought that I would automatically find mom friends. And that was not the case. It was not as organic as I had hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. And so I had to quickly learn that I needed to be intentional about that. So for me, finding my mom squad has really sort of morphed and changed over the years because with every season of motherhood, I think even friendship kind of changes. So when I first had kids, I went to like, um, in Northern Ireland, they call them moms and tots groups, which were basically like little, little like meetups that you could have with other mothers with kids that were like two and three years old. And that really was a place that I began to have friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, in other seasons of my, my motherhood journey, it's been different places, but now it's, really a collection of mothers from different kind of points of their mothering. So I've got friends who have kids out of college. I've got friends who just had babies. I have friends who are in like the exact same season as me. And I have found that having kind of like a wide variety of moms in my life has been super beneficial. So my mom squad makes up a lot of different women from different backgrounds, from different points of their mom journey, but it's been incredibly fruitful and, and a huge blessing to me to have these women in my life. Well, I'm so glad to hear about that. And I know that everyone finds their mom squad differently. And, um, but I just, I think it's really important to have support around us, uh, knowing that that can be in all different forms from encouragement to practical help to all the ways that moms can just cheer each other on. And so thanks for sharing about that. I want to get into our conversation about boundaries. And Mm -hmm. to get started, I I just know that it can be a lot more challenging to build friendships as a mom than maybe it was before parenthood or in other seasons of life. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the season of motherhood that we're in also has a bearing on how we are able to cultivate and maintain friendships. I would love to know from you what you have learned about navigating friendship during the mothering years as a new mom and then 
also now as a mom with school-aged children? Well, the first thing I think I really learned was I needed to change my expectations of what friendship needed to look like. Um, Before I was a mom, you know, having a spontaneous coffee date with my friend was not impossible. You know, it didn't feel like it took a miracle to make that happen. Now as a mother, it does take quite a bit of work to sort of coordinate schedules and make sure somebody's with the kids. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, for me, I, sometimes it feels like it's a mathematical equation, how I'm going to get all that done. And so I would be, I'd become frustrated when that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Uh, A lot of my friends had kids after me. So that was kind of hard because I felt a little lonely in my motherhood and I started to feel left out because they didn't really know what to do with me Mm because now I had a baby, you know, and the baby went where I was and they were like, you know, not inviting me out to go to the movies and things like that. And it wasn't like they were intentionally being mean. They just didn't know what the expectation was. So for me, I really had to adjust my expectations, but I needed to kind of actually decide what was going to be an appropriate expectation for me. What was, what was appropriate for the season of life? So back then when I started to feel a little bit on the out with my friends who didn't have kids, I just said to them, Hey guys, like you can still invite me Mm -hmm. to stuff. (laughs) Um, I I will do my best to get there. It's hard to to do it, but you know, I want to know if there's things I can be a part of. So that was really helpful. But also I was like, okay, Noelle, you're not going to be able to go away for a weekend with your friends in this season of life that you're in. You have, you know, a a three month old baby, unless the baby's coming with you, you're not going. So I adjusted my expectations and I really tried hard to be creative in finding ways to connect with my friends that was appropriate. So one of the things I did, I mentioned before was I joined a mom and tots group. I, and I went to it every single week and it was the same time every week. And those were really good for when I was a young mom because it was something I could look forward to every week. And it was something I could make work with the schedule that my, my kid yeah. had at that time. So for me, that was sort of how I navigated that. But again, you know, it changes, it really changes with whatever season you're, mm-hmm. you're in as a mother, whether you're raising babies or toddlers, you know, early elementary, late elementary, middle school, high school, my gosh, even college, it just constantly changes. So for me to have good boundaries, I need to be kind of flexible too. And be comfortable with the fact that as a mom, I'm constantly, you know, refiguring out what's working and it really has to work Mm -hmm. first best for my family. And I really am pretty blunt Mm -hmm. with my friends and I would say a lot of them are pretty blunt with me in the same way, but I let them know that is a non-negotiable. Like my family comes completely first and even in friendship and they know that and they respect that. So they know that the decisions I make Mm -hmm. really are rooted in that. So it's an expectation I'm, I'm communicating to them. And so there, therefore there's no like, miscommunication. There's no hurt feelings. They know why Noelle doesn't pick up her phone from 3.30 to 6.30 is because Noelle Mm -hmm. is doing homework. And I've told them that like, guys, unless it's an emergency, I'm not voxering you. I'm not texting Mm -hmm. you. I'm not emailing you. Don't like expect to hear from me. And I don't mean it in a mean way, but they all, every single one of them knows that even my friends who don't have kids, they know that on Mondays through Fridays, Noelle Mm -hmm. is not available from 3.30 to 6.30. So no one's offended that I'm not returning their text message right away. Cause they know my, they know my boundary. They know my expectation. They know that I make decisions what's best for my family. Such good stuff. I mean, I'm hearing boundaries, communication, seasons, all such important themes as we're evaluating our friendships and um, putting family first is so key and doing it in a way that's just setting up the expectation that I love you, but this is kind of how it's changed and how we can be friends. I just, I love all that. And as we were talking, it made me think um, just how you were saying that each season you have to evaluate kind of what that group of friends look like and how you're saying it's, it's a variety of friends too in different life stages. And I know I personally, we went from being married for a lot of years without kids to now having young kids and I'm trying to evaluate what that looks like in our friendships, my husband and I. And in one of Shana Nyquist's book called Bittersweet, I picked out an idea of something called home team. And I wanted to read this quote and ask you a question, Noelle. 
Sure. She says, um, everybody has a home team. It's the people you call when you get a flat tire or when something terrible happens. It's the people who near or far know everything that's wrong with you and love you anyways. Hmm. These are the ones who tell you their secrets, who get themselves a glass of water without asking when they're at your house. These are the people who cry when you cry. These are your people, your middle of the night, no matter what people. And that really resonated with me when I was in a season of new motherhood and I've gone from having a lot of friends and still wanting to maintain friendships, but realizing that things had to change. Kind of like you're talking about that adjustment of each season, what that looks like. And I was just curious for you in this season of life, kind of what does that look like to have a home team or your closest girlfriends? I mean, are you checking in on a daily basis, a weekly basis? I don't know if there's any set formula, but just kind of get an idea for those that are listening. Like, what does this organically look like to have a home team of girlfriends or maybe even couple friends that you do life with? Well, that's a really great question. And that was a great quote that you just read. I, I call these people, my ugly crying people. (laughs) So these are the people that have seen and have heard me ugly cry. And, and, and I try to be really practical when I talk, I utilize Voxer. I don't know if you guys know Voxer is it's, it's a free app and man, do I use that thing? Like it's no one's business, but because a lot of my friends are, um, not only like throughout the country, but they live in different countries. Cause I was a missionary for a while. I, I use it quite a bit to stay in, in contact with some of these friends that are my home team. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's a couple that like, I will call after a really difficult IEP meeting, mm-hmm. you know, regarding my child. And I'm like, crying so much that I probably am not making any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they will listen to my message. I had one friend, actually, I'll just tell this quick story. Just this year, the very first day of 2018, I just had a really, like literally as soon as it turned midnight mm-hmm. and it turned to like January 1st, I had like one of those like identity crises where I was like, I can't do this. I can't do friending podcasts. I'm an, I'm like an imposter. No one's going to listen to me. I'm going to Like I had like one of those like crazy moments. I don't know if you've ever had those moments (laughs) where you just feel like I'm crazy to do this and I'm not gonna be able to do it. And I literally called my friend like, or I left a Voxer message for her and I'm like sobbing hysterically on this message. And she listened to the message and she called me and she lives about two hours away from me. And she said, what are you doing today? I'm coming down to see you because you're not going to be alone today. And she and her husband and her beautiful children drove down from where they lived and brought dinner, made us dinner. And, you know, we just hung out. It was super like, it wasn't like anything really serious. She just, they just showed up and they were, those are the kind of people that you're talking about where you just kind of like become undone in front Mm -hmm. of and they're able to show up. And, you know, that's a moment in my life that I don't think I'll ever forget because I was like in a low place. And because she came and was like with me and intentionally was like, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make you dinner. I'm going to remind you of who you are. You know, that like, that, that changed my life. And I don't want to, you know, sound really dramatic, but if she hadn't, yeah. And if she kind of just sort of ignored the fact that I'm, I'm like really struggling, you know, maybe I would have given up on, on friending podcast. Mm -hmm. So, and and it's funny that that week was the week I was like, no, I'm going to launch this date and we're getting this and this done. And it was, it was amazing what the power of friendship does, but those are the people, my ugly crying people are my home team. And I do use Voxer to stay connect to them because I don't have a ton of them locally. I have a few locally, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have like a ton that live directly in my neighborhood. Right. And I have had to learn that that's okay. I love that you have that kind of support. And I hope that other moms have that kind of support in their parenting journey. And knowing that um, some people don't is challenging. That's one Mm -hmm. reason why I felt led to start Kindred Mom in the first place was my own 
journey through loneliness and wanting to have deeper connections with people. And I also know that there are oftentimes people in our lives that are not those kind of friends, that they are people who take our mental and emotional energy and they just kind of stretch it out (laughs) and are like, I don't know, just not life-giving friends, Um, people who have expectations of us that we maybe haven't agreed to or, um, you know, sometimes I think the most the easiest ones to pick on might be in-laws or, you know, extended family members more than uh, people who are in our everyday lives. But I would love to know from your perspective, what are the things that get in the way of us having solid boundaries um, that would set us up for success in those relationships? Well, you know, definitely insecurity is a big one. And I think one thing that really can affect us from putting in place good boundaries is this need to please people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are a people pleaser, I used to call myself a peacemaker. And then someone said, that's a fancy way of saying people pleaser. And it's true. I'm definitely a people pleaser. And that's something I have to actively work on. And I noticed that because I so desperately want you to like me, I want you to be happy about who I am and what I bring into your life, that I will often compromise the boundary. So I think insecurity is a big Mm -hmm. one. Um, You need to know that sometimes loving people isn't necessarily pleasing them with everything that they want or, you know, Mm -hmm. demand. So I I guess an example of this would be, because we want to be practical, Right. right? You know, the friend that's like sort of being pushy about like when you hang out, or like how to get together. And you know, like this time isn't going to work for your toddler, right? Yeah. Cause it's, it's nap time, but you don't really want to say this isn't really, it's not really good for my kid. Like they're going to be cranky. I'm going to be paying for it for the rest of the day mm-hmm. because you really don't want to make them upset with you. So you compromise the boundary Mm -hmm. and you make this decision that's not good for your kid. And then you pay the price later. And then you're kind of like secretly resentful towards that friend. Mm -hmm. So like to kind of address that directly, what you need to do is say, Hey, you know what? That time is like not good for my kid. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't put them down for their nap, it's, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. It's such a relatable experience. I have a toddler. And on that note, because gosh, talking about boundaries, it works for your family, your kids. Um, have you ran into anything with, you know, just boundaries as far as different parenting styles or things? And, you know, I know I'm a fellow people pleaser here. This is something that I personally struggle with is how to kind of figure out family rules. And, um, you know, if you're ever at somebody else's house, but if they're at your house, kind of, have you had any of those issues and any advice? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, big thing for me has been the parenting conflict of technology. Mm. So mm. like my kids are at the age, they're like late elementary and all their friends have phones. Well, my kids don't have phones. So that can be kind of an issue. Um, like what they're allowed to have access to via the internet. Like my kids don't have access at all to the internet. So when they're at, when we're at someone else's home and like, let's say all the kids are gathered around the iPad and they're looking up YouTube videos, that can be kind of like one of those awkward moments where Mm -hmm. I have to kind of say, you know, actually, um, in our house, we don't watch X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But, you know, I, one thing's, you know, as your kids get older, it's a little bit easier because you can kind of role play with your kids, what they can say. Yeah. But I think for one of the things I have learned is you don't have to comment on somebody else's parenting style, but you do have to advocate for your kid and protect the boundaries that you're trying to put in place. Mm -hmm. So it's totally cool to say like, yeah, my kids don't eat processed sugar and my kids totally do. But you know what I'm saying? Like you can say that's just something that we don't do. And, and most people, as long as they know what the boundary is, they'll respect it. Yeah. It's when you're like, you shouldn't feed your kids processed sugar right. that it gets to be <laughs> not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So advocate for your kid, but you don't have to, you know, preach to everybody else about what they're doing wrong as a parent. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good distinction about boundaries. I think some people don't have great boundaries in their lives, largely because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to offend someone else. They don't want to disappoint others. And a lot of times that comes at their own expense or the expense of their own family's needs. And I think that's why it's really important to me that we talk about this because boundaries are something that we learn. It's a skill that is acquired by seeing other people who are happy and healthy and have peace within their homes and seeing what it is that they do to achieve that because it's not an accident when things are running smoothly in a household. And I think the desire to not offend someone sometimes trumps the wisdom of needing to do what is best for our kids. And so that's why we're having this conversation. And I think that it's really good to just note that you can set boundaries with people without being rude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that just like with a marriage relationship, like communication is really important. And I think it's just as important in friendships so that as we are conversing, as we are spending time together and have our kids, you know, connecting with one another, that everyone just kind of knows what, where the line is and what is acceptable and what will be healthy for everyone involved, because we really don't always know the considerations on another family's plate, not eating processed sugar. It might just be a choice or it might be a serious issue for something that is a medical condition or, you know, and just not jumping to conclusions about why someone might have particular boundaries for their family, but just respecting and giving them the benefit of the doubt about that. Do you have any tips for someone who struggles to share what they need to with friends or has a hard time setting boundaries in social situations, especially when kids are involved? Well, you know, if you're someone who isn't, you know, some of us are not great at confronting people, right? That's mm-hmm. that's definitely not something that I like to do or am good at doing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do is if I have to like talk to someone about boundary or, you know, make something clearer, I write it out. Like mm-hmm. I write it down. Mm-hmm. Like what exactly do I want to say? What is important? And I do think about it and edit it and just try to get to the core of it. And then I really try hard to make this a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. Because I think that's I think that's important to do is to just be face to face and communicate with tone. I don't love doing that over text message or email because tone gets lost and then people yeah. get offended. But that's such a good point. I think if you struggle with it, because I know for me, if you are face to face with me and like we're having like a, a kind of discussion that's getting a little bit uncomfortable, I kind of like go blank. So if I need to say to you, like, I'll give you, I'll give you a personal example. We have a boundary in our home that our kids don't sleep over people's houses. Like they don't, they don't yeah. like have sleepovers at their friends' houses. That's just something we've made for right now in their life. Mm-hmm. So like if I need to communicate that to a friend who keeps on asking me over and over again, can one of my kids sleep over their house with their child? I have like a thing I say, you know, we don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I also don't always feel like I have to give the why, Mm -hmm. like go into the details of why, like I don't need to qualify my boundary. That's not always necessary. But if I have something I can say that I know like, okay, this is the boundary. It's easier than like just kind of doing it off the cuff. Does that make any sense? So, you know, like, like I said before, I have a really clear boundary about not like being on my phone when my kids are doing homework. And I literally have told my friend, like each of my close friends don't like try to get in touch with me between 3.30 and 6.30 because I'm doing homework. And that's all I've said. And they all respect it. Nobody's mad. Mm-hmm. And when I do get a phone call from them, I know it's serious. Right. And I know it's important. And I, I will pick up because the boundary has been clearly communicated. But if you're nervous about that, mm-hmm. I do think you should sit down and write it. And I think too, you need to know what your boundaries are. Some of us don't even know what that is. Right. And if I could even like make a little suggestion, I don't know if this is cool, mm-hmm. but I think as fam, like a family, like with your, with your spouse, you need to kind of decide what are your values? What are your non-negotiables as a family? What are these things that you've decided on so that that's clear to you? And then from there, you're able to communicate that. And like, for me, I, I have this woman named Kimberly Amici, who is a family culture coach. And she has literally helped me like sit down and like decide 
decide what are my family values? What are my non-negotiables? And I've been able to write them out and go over them with my, with my husband. And that has really helped us form our boundaries really well. We're able to say no to things because we know what we're about and what we're trying to achieve as a family. And so that's really important with friendship because if like, for instance, this is a great example as a family, like we really want to create really happy memories with our kids. And so there's on Saturdays, that's really the day when we're all together, like nobody's working and nobody's in sports or doing school. So like we need to protect the Saturday Mm -hmm. day for the family. But if I'm constantly saying yes to my kids going to this person's friend's house or like as a family, we're always saying yes to going here and going there. Well, I'm not really honoring my values and I'm compromising my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then I'm frustrated because we don't have any family time. Yes. So good. So it's really important that you as a mom and, you know, with your spouse, you are deciding what are, what are we, what are our values? What are our boundaries? And when you put those in place, then you're able to talk about them with your friends and communicate them. And then you find that you're having more fruitful time with your friends because it's clear to you. That's to me, that's a big, that's a big thing is know your boundaries. No, that is so good. And I know for many moms that are listening that have young kids, this is such good food for thought to start thinking ahead to what are our values. And, um, I know that's something I have thought a little bit about, but just thinking about as our kids get older, sleepovers, family time, just so practical. And I'm curious as you've wrestled through kind of defining what your family values are and being clear in your friendships, is there any friendship that you have in your life that is kind of unlikely where maybe, you know, you do have pretty different values, but it's become a really cherished friend because you've been able to be clear about those values and still walk in that respect of respecting them and maybe a different value they have. Oh yeah. Totally. I have definitely have a friend who is a lot older than I am. And we have different values, even like faith wise. So even though we're in very different seasons of our life, she is amazing at like respecting our boundaries. Like I'll give you an example. She brought a book over that she thought would be really cute for the kids, but she handed it to me and said, listen, I wanted to give it to you first because I, you need to know if this is okay for your kids to know about, you know, she didn't just like hand them this book as a gift. She really respected the fact that there's certain things that we're teaching our kids or certain really important core truths that we want them to understand. And she would never just assume that what she has Mm -hmm. is like, okay, you know, especially since we come from Mm -hmm. different faiths. And I really was totally blessed by that, you know, like that's her way of honoring boundaries and being like asking, is this okay first? And it wound up being a fabulous book for them, but I got a chance to read through it and I knew it was okay. And that's like, when you know your, your friend, like wants the, wants the best for your kid, but they know that the best for your kid comes through you and what you're Mm -hmm. deciding for them. That's huge, you know, because you can trust them then, you know, that they get you. And so that's, you know, that's a very unlikely friend. You know, we think very differently on things, but she's a great friend and she really does respect the way that we're raising our kids and always asks and always is just very, very careful and considerate about how we are training them and the things we're teaching them. I so appreciate you sharing your thoughts, Noelle. I think you are a fountain of wisdom and I would love for people to be able to find your podcast if you can let us know where they can catch your writing and your friending podcast. Well, you can catch my writing at my website, which is www.noelroads.com. And you can find the podcast on iTunes. So it's Friending Podcast. You can subscribe there, but you also can go to the website, which is friendingpodcast.com and you can access the episodes from there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. And uh, we just so appreciate your continued contributions to our blog and can't wait to share the piece that you shared with us this month, just coming up. And um, thanks for your time. Well, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Setting limits is not always a fun job, but after hearing these conversations, I hope you recognize that it is important for the well-being of your family, and it's definitely one essential part of loving well. 
When you spend time thoughtfully setting limits with your kids at home from their earliest ages, you are making a forward-thinking investment in the formation of your child's character, and you're setting them up for success. Kids who learn how to navigate disappointment, exercise self-control, and learn how to be patient become wise, self-aware, emotionally intelligent, and loving people themselves. Just as we talked about with our guest, Noel, it's also important to set limits and boundaries with those outside of our homes. Protecting the margin you need to connect as a family and regroup after a busy week is important. Advocating and enforcing the boundaries that reflect your family's values can be uncomfortable at times, but it doesn't need to be something that drives a wedge between you and the people you care about. Unless, of course, someone else is willfully not respecting your boundaries. In those situations, you have to decide how much energy you want to put into those semi-toxic relationships. Confrontation is hard, and sometimes even figuring out what your core values as a family are can be a challenge. I hope you see that when it comes to your kids, you are the authority, and you are the best person to advocate for them. You can set boundaries with extended family, care providers, friends, and the kids they spend their time with, and I hope that as you do that, you gain confidence in your ability to choose what is best for your children, showing them how to make wise and healthy decisions for themselves. In all cases, healthy boundaries promote healthy relationships. Mamas, as you lead, guide, model, teach, correct, and establish the predictable rhythms of your home, you are loving well.